Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. Feed my sheep. Naked Peter fishing. <laughs> so. Why? I, I don't know why. So, so we actually had to, um, had to look up the Greek because that's who I am. So I pulled out my, my Greek New Testament and, and pulled up John 21 and, and started looking at the Greek and looked at the word. And it said that um, P- Peter, Peter was, was gymnos, um, which you may be sitting there going, gymnos. Well, doesn't that mean like gymnasium? Yes, it does. No, people aren't even thinking that means gymnasium, well, let's be honest. Okay. But people still, aren't even thinking that means gymnasium. Okay. They're well, thinking, oh, weird Greek word. It's where, it, it, it's where the word gymnasium comes from, but funny right. little thing about that word. Yeah, they used to do Olympics naked. I, I, yes. Yes. They, so, used so to, here's they, a, they used to go and do sports naked, which... Like I said, was was a real problem um, between the Greeks and and the uh, Jews because you could tell who was who. <laughs> right. Just so, just some little trivia. So so you did know. not did not plan on talking about nakedness necessarily, but when did we when when did the world I was going to say we become so body shame so body shamed that. Like, we cover everything up and, well, not completely, you know what I mean. Um, well, I mean, I think there are certain cultural things that have evolved over the past 2,000 years that have contributed to that. Um, and it... <laughs> and and it may stem from that from the standpoint of again it prompted certain problems of identity uh from the standpoint of like i said you could tell who was jewish and who was not and in order to better fit in um there's actually mention and i think it's um first or second maccabees uh, which is a non-canonical for Protestants um, book of the, the Apocrypha, sort of the in-between texts between the Old Testament and the New Testament that, that talks about what they called reversed circumcision that would help them fit in. So that may have been a part of why, um, you know, more modesty came, came about and, and those kinds of things because actually the stuff that's talked about in the New Testament from Paul is not about whether you're wearing leggings or, or something, you know, or a um, tank top or something like that. It's more about uh, wealth and wearing gold and jewels and, and that kind of stuff and warns about that. Right. Weird. Yeah. So. I mean, the reality is, like, it's somewhere along the line, the whole circumcision thing, like, I, I get it. it. It all makes sense, like if you really look at it historically. But uh, yeah, ah. but but that really isn't the focus of this text. No, it's just a really <laughs> bizarre. It's just one like, of those those like, things. Why is it there? Why is that, it mentioned? Who cares that Peter was naked? Right. Like there's some. In some instances, there's great detail given, and in some instances, there's not. Why is that a detail? that had to be put into the text, right? Like, 
that, that, that could have been left out yeah. and it doesn't what, change the message at all. What purpose does it serve? And Correct. I'm sure it does serve some purpose that I just am not cluing yeah. into. I mean, it was great moment. for us because, I mean, nice little sidebar. Yeah, um, yeah. It, 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 it allows for some fun conversation. Yeah. Feed my sheep. Yeah. But the focus being uh, the interaction between Jesus and Peter. Well, and, and, and beyond the feed my sheep part, you know, the abundance. The abundance piece. So, you know, fishing, can't catch any fish. Hey, Jesus is dead, let's go fishing. Um, can't catch any fish. Jesus appears, hey, try the other side of the boat. <laughs> oh, look, all these fish. 153, which, again, the number itself is insignificant, other than the fact that it was really to say that people of the day would have known that 153 fish wouldn't have fit in that net. Well, and there's also the fact that, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I sit there and, and I'm sure part of them were like, what, you think we haven't tried the other side of the boat before? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've, uh, I, I can kind of hear that already where it's like, well, just try the other side of the boat. And it's like, really? That's, that's not helpful. <laughs> Except it was. It was. But I'm sure the, you know, again, be, humans being humans and what we do you know, our first response a lot of times is what, you think I'm stupid? Yep. Um, you think I haven't tried to do that? And Jesus' answer is yes. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just do what I tell you. Come on. I mean, I'm not saying Jesus thinks we're stupid. Maybe it's Jesus knows yep. we're stupid. It's like, yes, I know you've done this a million times. I don't care. Let's go. You know, why is these with, with, my, with my girls? Dad, humor me. Just humor me. Try it. Humor me. And then you do, and then I love those moments when you're right. Like, I wonder if Jesus had that feeling. I wonder if Jesus had that feeling when, because you know that at least one of those dudes in the boat rolled their eyes when Jesus is like, don't on the right side of the net. At least one of them rolled their eyes. Oh, yeah. That's what, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. At least. Do you think Jesus. It's like, oh, like we haven't tried this. So, okay. so was Jesus in that moment more fully human or more fully divine? Because the fully human part is going to be like <laughs> that I told you so. I'm thinking the divine part is a little less I told you so. Yeah, and I, I, don't, think, I don't see Jesus doing an I told you so kind of moment. It's, it's just That's a, really disappointing. A, a missed opportunity as far as It, it may be a missed opportunity, but at the same time, I think by now Jesus has figured out that... Um, we're we're kind of we're kind of hopeless in that regard. This this is why <laughs> this is why I'm human and this, not. This is this is the guy who um, just got crucified a few days earlier. So I think he's pretty well aware of kind of the dumb things we do. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I. When, when when our passions get a hold of us, I think he's very well aware of of what that leads to. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he suffered the consequences of that. So abundance. So really, I really kind of broke this. It's two, it's two separate stories that I think are really tied together. And I really, I really tied it, I really kind of broke it down into two pieces. And the first piece is that abundance piece. Because um, I think it is significant, especially when John's gospel begins with an abundant sign, water into wine, and then ends with an abundant sign lots of fish. Like there, there's something there. There's something to be said for, for God's abundance. 
um, and how we, how we use God's abundance or whether or not we even recognize God's abundance. And maybe that's, maybe that's a, start, a starting point for conversation. You know, do we even recognize you know, God's abundance? Um, and I, I, don't, I, don't know that we, I don't know that we often do. I, I know for me personally, um, I'm much better at it now, recognizing abundance than, than what I used to be. Um, and, maybe, and maybe part of it is, you know, we're at a, at a point in our life when we're, we have a little more abundance than we had, you know, in our 20s and 30s. And you go, oh man, like, I don't know if I can eat peanut butter and jelly and Kraft mac and cheese anymore and ramen noodles. Um, so oddly enough, I was, I had a lot more abundance in my late 20s and early 30s before I decided to go to seminary. Mm, yep. I, I had a much more lucrative, successful career. You had more financial abundance. Correct. To, to, to clarify. I had financial abundance at that point in time. Yeah. That went away. <laughs> that went, that went bye-bye. Um, which was interesting when I actually decided to go, um, I shouldn't say decided, when I was called to seminary um, and decided to stop resisting that call. Um, my dad, one of the first things he said was, well, you need to get accustomed to a different style of life then because yep. it won't be the same. And he was right. Now, I adjusted and didn't have a whole lot of trouble adjusting, but I and mean, it's, it's, still, it's still there. And, we, and, and on the other hand, we can't cry poor. No. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, no, 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 we, no, 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 no. We're not definitely not poor. We're not no. champagne wishes and caviar dreams. No. Who was no. that guy? Um, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Uh, oh, man. Oh, now I'm drawing a blank. Um, Robin something. Well, I went right to Robin Thick. <laughs> Leech. Is it Robin Leech? Robin Leech. Yes. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Champagne wishes and, I mean, you're right. Ministry is not champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Um, it, it's, it's also not a, a vow of poverty. No, 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 um, no. You know, there's that, there's that in between. No, and, and, and definitely I recognize I am better off than many people that are sitting in the pews. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a complaint. It's just an, an, uh, an observation. And when you were talking about how you're better off than you were in your twenties and thirties, I would say, well, I don't think I'm better off, but that was a choice I made in career that that altered that um in terms of financial at least but i think i'm for the most part i think i'm a, a probably more fulfilled professionally than i was then yeah for whatever that's worth yep yeah i mean abundance is is part of it is priorities and part of it is is what is how you view it um i, I spent a lot of money in my youth on things that were, uh, oh boy, what's the adjective? Alcohol. <laughs> Frivolous. I know, I know that's not an alcohol. Alcohol's not, a, not an adjective. Um, uh, Alcoholic is, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I spent I spent a lot of money in my youth on alcohol and 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 gambling. To be perfectly honest, now I did not I did not lose thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars, but I didn't have thousands and thousands of dollars. But I, I mean, there was a point in my life where my you know I, I talked in my sermon about the ways in which you know money uh, controls us and the ways in which you know <clears throat> the world sort of sort of. It consumes it, us. It consumes us in how we, how we use, our, use our money. So the little disposable income I had, I'm like, hey, I use, my, I use my finances for social endeavors that involved alcohol. Well, they didn't need to involve alcohol. No. But they, they did. did. Um, you know, now, I mean, we use, we use our money much differently. Um, than, than, what we, than what we did now, or did, did then. So I, again, I think part of it is priorities. You know, what's a priority? Um, and and that, can be, that can be your job, that can be finances, that can be your faith, and how you, how you blend those all together. So I think you, there's a way to prioritize your faith. Um, there's a way to prioritize your faith that can keep... Let me, let me start that sentence over. When you prioritize your faith, you're better able to keep the other aspects of your life in perspective. Right. So um, am I working so that I have champagne wishes and caviar dreams? I, I, that's, that's such a dated reference. It makes me feel old. Um, Google it. If you're younger than I am, Google it. <laughs> um, I hope I hope Robin Leach shows up on Google. Um, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. So, you know, are you are you using your time, your talent, and your treasure, and is it is it in alignment with your faith? So, I work now. I, I, I have I have a hard time calling this work. It's work. I get it's work. It pays bills, but it's 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 different. It's, Career versus job and calling versus um, makes that all even more weird and blended um, and all kind of mesh together. But you know, the, the reality is, like, not just my, my job, the faith aspect of my job, but what my job brings in terms, of, in terms of income, I'm much more disciplined and intentional with our spending now and less frivolous. I said less. Not that we're not frivolous. We, Amazon makes it too easy to be frivolous. Definitely. And I, so I'm, I'm, as, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, man, if I had Amazon in college, oh, I can't imagine the debt. Whew, can, I mean, seriously, can you? Can you imagine the instant gratification that we have in our society today, if he, we had been kids, when, when yeah. we were kids, if that had been a thing. I mean, I, I guess... Mean, I, I grew up having to wait. You know, you, you grew up having to wait, and um, you couldn't just pull up uh, any show you wanted on TV anytime you wanted. Um, I mean, I remember if you, if you missed an episode of whatever your favorite nighttime show was... Um, your week, weekly show, if you missed it that week, you just missed it. You'd have to wait for it to come out in a rerun over the summer. 
You know, yeah. it was, you, you didn't have the instant access uh, that we do now to everything. And, it, and it's, it, again, it's kind of one of those things where we, we have an abundance of yeah. um, information. We have an abundance of stuff that's right at our fingertips that didn't used to be there. And yet, I think peop- I don't think people are any more fulfilled or happy than they were then. I don't think the right. instant gratification has solved no. any of those issues. It's just quicker. Yeah. We're a microwave society. We can't wait for anything. No. In fact, I think it makes us more impatient, less tolerant, etc., than we used to be. Yeah. Yeah, because if something doesn't happen immediately, we're frustrated because, yeah. well, I don't want to wait. Yeah. Abundance. How do we use our abundance? And then also the other piece of it is, you know, we have to, one, we have to recognize our abundance. And then two, the other part of it is, you know, the whole, the whole concept of first fruits. And I, I love that. I love that imagery from the Old Testament of the farmers not not harvesting from the edge of their fields. Well, they didn't harvest from the edge of their fields, and whatever they harvested at the beginning, they took and offered as a sacrifice. There, there was that too. There, yeah. there was not just the stuff that they left so that, that the poor could eat. There was also a portion that they took at the beginning of the harvest um, before they had finished the harvest, yeah. you know, just as it was starting. So, you know, things could, have got, things could go wrong still because harvesting didn't happen overnight. Yeah. Um, but you would bring in what you had initially harvested and you would offer that up as a, an offering and a sacrifice and it would get burned up. Um, I always find that really interesting when you think about that. Um, it wasn't used to, in this case, it was not used to feed the poor. It was not even used for, for anything, really. It was brought in, and they burned it. Yeah, that's just frustrating. So, that's I mean, imagine, imagine throwing your money in the plate so we yeah. could set it on fire. Yeah, that's bad stewardship. But that's what happened. I, I mean, that, that's the equivalent of what was going what was going on yeah. um, in terms of the sacrificial system, which is maybe why, maybe, <laughs> a part of why God got rid of it was it was like, look, this isn't really serving anyone. Um, it does create a discipline in terms of, look, uh, because I think, and I'll talk more about this in next week's um, sermon, but when we try to use are giving as a means of control. I don't like something, I'm going to therefore withhold my offering. Yeah. Um, And I think that kind of did, you know, the the whole notion of it just getting burned up kind of got rid of that. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, the, the notion of the first fruits is supposed to be, well, so I just earned my first however many dollars um, on a company I just started. I have no idea what the future of this company is going to be, but I'm going to give the, this, this first week of, of income over to God. 
Yeah. And just trust that the rest of it will be enough and so then it will keep coming in. So, that, so it's kind of like push pay, right? A little so, bit. So I, I have, we have our gifts set up on push pay, two of them, one for the lift campaign and one for um, our general offering. And what I, what I love about it is I don't have an opportunity to spend that money. Right. I give it. Before. It's already gone. Yep. In case something, in case something goes wrong, it's already, I don't have to write the check. I can't forget it. I have it set and the money comes out. I get a notification and I go, oh, okay. Yep. There we go. My money went out. Woo. Um, so I, 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 I love, I, technology has made life more complicated in some, in some aspects. I love that from this standpoint, it makes it so much easier because I, I, I can't forget it. Now, the flip side is um, last year when I got our year-end giving statement, I went, oh, oh, that was, that was more than I thought. I temporarily forgot that Lyft campaign was part of that too. So I'm like, I don't get, oh yeah, I do Lyft campaign. Um, so uh, again, it's, um, if you give it first and you give it intentionally, you can't, society and your own um, spur of the moment desires don't take over your money or get in the way of giving, of giving money. And, and I said this, I said this this weekend, um, I said this this weekend, you know, we tithe. Does it mean everybody's going to, no, I, I mean, just, just being realistic. We tithe, and then we give, so the question always, so a couple questions always come up. One, well, do I really, you know, do I have to tithe? And then the other piece, you know, was my question off of the net or off of the gross, you know, how much of that, you know, look for those little loopholes. And then... I just lost, completely lost my train of thought. Well, and, like and other, thing, other things that come into play for people as well is, I mean, the church isn't the only place we give money. That's what it was. That, thank you. We were on the same wavelength. I just didn't yes. know it. The church so, is not the only place we give money. Right. So, so then the question becomes, well, do I tithe to the church or do I tithe to other, other organizations? You know, so if I, give, if I give 5% to the church and 5% to someone else, is that a tithe? I would say if you're doing that, I'm awesome. Um, we, again, uh, again. I, I cannot, I absolutely cannot judge that because that's, you know, I, as people who are on, you know, kind of the lower side of, of the income bracket, you know, if they're given 5% of their income to the church and the other 5% is going to a variety of other, you know, organizations, I mean, 10% of your income for somebody who's only, you know, earning say forty thousand dollars a year, that's a big chunk of money. Well, it's ten percent. Ten percent of whatever you make is ten percent of whatever yeah. you make. Well, let's well, let's face it. Ten percent for someone earning forty thousand dollars is vastly um, more inconvenient than ten um, percent of somebody earning a hundred thousand dollars. It 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 has a different impact. Um, as, as a friend of mine who is actually fairly quite wealthy, he said there comes a point where what, what you're making just is excess. 
Correct. And, and, oh, wow, I just got a $10,000 bonus or a $10,000 raise. Okay, whatever. You I mean, know, as, it's like as, it isn't going to impact their, their right. way of living in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And again, part of it depends on are you living... This is where, this is where I, I don't like Dave Ramsey. I think Dave Ramsey has some good principles in being smart with your money. I think he has some unreal, unrealistic principles in... So do you, do you live within your means? It's kind of... If you can sort of sum up the Dave Ramsey thing, do you live within your means? Yes, I agree with that. You have to live within your means. The problem is, you know, your means grows as your income grows. And Dave Ramsey's thing is, well, you shouldn't borrow any money ever. Well, I'm sorry. Like, that's, that's not yeah, really... That's awesome and kind of unrealistic in yeah. today's... In, for most people, that's unrealistic. For most people, it's unrealistic. I did not have to borrow a lot of money when I was going through school, et cetera. But it's because I had parents and I had a church, et cetera, that paid for a lot of things in terms of tuition. And not everybody has that. Right. So most students getting out of college are already saddled with debt that trying to pay that back is going to be, is, is usually a... Yeah. a a, a harmful endeavor because they don't make typically back what they've spent into it and it takes them forever. I mean, they can pay. Um, I have a lot of friends who have paid off basically the principal already, but they still owe $30,000 because of all the interest. Yeah. And I've you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that becomes, in my view, it's not that they didn't pay back the loan, it's that they're having to pay it back at such an exorbitant interest yeah, I'd, that it I'd makes be, it impossible yeah, to I'd ever be okay, get out. I'd be okay if student loan forgiveness meant forgiving the interest. Right. I mean, you want to have, you want to have a, a discussion about student loan forgiveness, and that's a hot-button issue because, heaven forbid, we forgive debt. Um, Forgive right. us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Oh, wait, we don't say that in this right. one. Unless we are at the traditional service and we sing it. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> if you sing it. Maybe if you sing student loan forgiveness. We need, we need to get Brittany in here. Brittany can sing student loan forgiveness and see if that works. Um, <laughs> we'll write a song about it, see how it goes. But I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd be okay if, if, the, if, they, if they waive the interest fee on the student loan debt. Um, yeah. Or capped it really, really freaking low, but they don't. Um, you know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for my waiting two more years and hoping that that ten years working for a nonprofit and they wipe away your student loan debt goes away. Now, here's a question: If if that happens, and I know it has for other people, I'm I'm praying it happens for us or for me. Why is it okay for my debt to be forgiven because I work for a nonprofit as opposed to somebody who doesn't? Right. So what? What's the, the rules are arbitrary. Right. It's it's and again I I like I, it. Because I mean I'm sure I like it because it works in my favor. I, but, I think the logic being most people who work for nonprofits are not making lucrative careers out of it. Most. I'm not saying not all. Like sure. there there are several that that do, but. I mean, I'm about whole, to go. If you work all, for a nonprofit, you usually aren't getting super rich. I'm about to go all Joel Osteen. If only. <laughs> no, I <laughs> feel slimy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, that's that's no. <laughs> um, 
That's that, that's not a path any of us want to go down. No, new new meaning to the word helicopter. Yeah. Anyway, um, but but it's interesting. Um, I don't think there are probably a lot of people who tie this text to stewardship the way you did. Correct. Correct. Um, and, par a, and partially, a lot a lot of people. I think a lot of sermons this weekend were tying the charcoal. Um, on the beach to the charcoal, um, that, that fire that Peter denied Jesus over, and, and they were making those connections, not, not stewardship connections. Yep. Well, hey, you know, I, I think stewardship is something that we don't talk about. Money is something we don't talk about. Money, sex, and politics. Can't talk about those in the church. No. Well, I mean... Except Jesus talked about them all the time. Jesus talked, so Jesus didn't really talk about sex. No, but he talked about, he talked about money all over the place. Right, and he was killed over politics. Right. But sex is the one thing that the church wants to legislate and ignore the other two. Like, right. I, I mean, we kind of got it we, we got it backwards. backwards. We got it backwards. Yeah, we got it I backwards. mean, the Bible does talk about sex, but not in the way that... Um, the, not in the way the church today talks about sex. No. Yeah. No. I, I, so I, just, I think it's important that we talk about stewardship not just, not just from, a, from a practical church financial standpoint. Well, it's part of the first commandment. Yeah. Of having no other gods. And let's face it, um, Jesus like, knew what he was talking about when he said, you cannot serve two masters. Because he knew there are two masters in this world. It's either going to be God or it's going to be money related. Those are going to be the two things that will vie for your attention, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and will rule decisions, will rule, will rule politics, will rule how you um, are relating to one another as a society. I mean, it, it, it is so embedded in everything, and yet we are hesitant to talk about it. Yep. So because, because of those very reasons, because it is so embedded in everything, that is why people get uncomfortable because we all know, we all stand pretty much condemned on that front because money does consume and rule our lives to some degree. No matter how, I, I don't care how devoted to God you are, it still has control. Yep. It still is a means through which um, we are trying to survive. Yep. And so, so even for us, I say us as a family, me and, me and Christina, our family, you know, we, we tithe to the church, and then we still, we, to answer that question we talked about earlier, we tithe to the church, and then we, we still do give to other, mm -hmm. other things. And I would love to say that in doing so, money does not have any hold on us. It's not true. Right. Like, like money is going to have a role in your life regardless. We're just trying really hard to make sure that we're intentional in making sure that, that God has the first role as often as we can. And do we fail sometimes? Yeah, we fail sometimes. But the one thing we can say, at least financial, <laughs> at least when it comes to finances, <laughs> Our household is in alignment. Now, are we perfect? No. Do we, do we screw up? Enough? Yeah. We, we know, nobody's perfect. Don't expect perfection from anyone. Um, but we try to be intentional. And, and I think that's, 
if people got nothing else out of the text or out of the sermon this week, I, I really hope that people are just are intentional with their giving. You know, one of my one of my frustrations, this is a this is a church issue, church with a capital C, is the offering plate is not an admission, you know, like the, like the like the ticket window at the box office at the the movies or the or a baseball game. You know, it's not a ticket window. You're not paying an admission to come. That's just not how it works. And I also understand that, you know, paying giving to the general fund, for instance, that's a stupid name for it. Um, maybe mission fund is a better way to put it. Um, isn't sexy? Like, oh, well, they're just going to pay electricity with that. Well, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Some of, some of the money that I give to the church pays for electricity. Yep. How about this? I'll make everybody a deal. My offering will go towards electricity. Okay. My offering will go towards electricity. And your offering can go towards the sexy things. The fun stuff in ministry. Mine will go, I, I will... You'll I, pay the electric bill. The Fair family will pay electric. I got to see what the monthly electric bill is around here. It's an interesting concept, though, to like sign up to like pay for something. Ooh. It just hit me as, you yeah. know, um, hey, why don't I take care of this bill? Why don't I take care of well, we had, so this we had, bill? So we had somebody at our council meeting on Thursday say, all right, enough of the discussion about the coffee. I will buy the coffee for the year. Right. I'll buy the coffee for the year. Boom, like, done. Boom, yeah. done, perfect. I mean, there are churches literally that, I mean, these churches that are like deeply struggling that will post a water bill or an electric bill on the bulletin board and say, sorry, we can't pay these. Anybody want to pay them? And then they hope that someone takes it off and writes a check for the amount of, you know, to FPL or whatever. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. That's not where we're at. But no, like, no. Like I all, but I recognize. But, but it's an interesting um, yeah. concept. I have, of, I have to look at, I'd have to look at what the church budget is right. for electricity because I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we cover it. Well, I mean, I I'm, I'm sure we get a bill from FPL, so I'm sure that's easy enough to look at. Oh, yeah. At. Well, yeah. I mean, we have a line item in the budget of yeah. what it's budgeted for. So yeah. I, I, I want to check. Yeah. I mean, and again, just out of curiosity for my, you know, because I, I opened my mouth before I looked at the numbers. And I will pay for the electricity. Um, yeah. You may find that that's um, maybe beyond your scope. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I, I honestly don't know, but I'm guessing it's probably at least a thousand a month. A thousand a month? I, that, that's going to be my ballpark. For, for a facility this size that's in use pretty much every day. So, so if... Running air conditioning yep. almost all the time, lights, et cetera. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with $1,000 a month. So then I we'll, will we'll find out. We'll get back to you and see how accurate that, that, that guess was. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't have the budget in front of me. Bummer. So I will, I, if, so let's say your number's right. Okay. Let's say it's a thousand, so that's $12,000 a year. Um, I can't put my lift money towards that, right? Cause lift is going to something else. So then I'm short. I can cover a good... A chunk of it. 
I can cover a good six, seven months. I cover that. Maybe somebody pick up the rest. I'm close. A anyway, the, the point being that, you know, we give to God and then it, just be intentional. Just be intentional in your giving. I, I think as a, as a leader, as a, as a faith leader, that's really all we can ask and advocate that people are, that people kind of look at Scripture and use Scripture to guide. Because it's, we see wisdom in Scripture in so many places and we want to ascribe to that wisdom except when it comes to money. And that's just, that's just further proof that you know, the whole I told you so thing that we talked, started talking about at the beginning, that Jesus was right. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus knew that money had, had all this control and power over us. Yep. And well, it's the, the fact one that we don't listen to Jesus on it proves Jesus is right. It's the one thing that the guy that comes to him is like, hey, you know, I've been following all the commands, so what do I have to do to, to enter the kingdom of God, have eternal life? Yep. Um, and Jesus goes, well, you have one thing left to do. Sell everything, give it to the poor. Follow me. Yep. And the guy walks away going, nope. <laughs> Peace out. Nice knowing you, like, Jesus. And yeah, nope. Not doing that. Yeah, it's, cra I mean, it's and, crazy. And the interesting thing there I always find with that, that particular story is that Jesus does not run after the guy going, hey, 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 I didn't really mean that. I was just using that as an example of, you know, uh, so, because we'll, we'll put ourselves in and tie ourselves in knots trying to get around that Jesus didn't really mean that. So, so that is... That's a really interesting point, and we're about the time we need to we need to kind of wrap up. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so you made, you said Jesus did not like Jesus didn't couch it. No, like, Jesus didn't soften it. Jesus just laid it out there. Yep, I didn't do that. Right. So right. I, it's funny. Christina and I we talked to Sunday Sunday afternoon. We're talking about this. Um, and she said that that was a pretty hardcore stewardship. That was pretty hardcore stewardshipy. And I said, Yeah. I said, but what did I do at the end? So in fishing terms, I never set the hook. Like I just let the bait in the water. And I said, listen, regardless of your priorities, regard Jesus is a priority to you. Now Jesus would have been like, ten percent, cough it up. Sit down, yeah. end the sermon. Je so Jesus' sermon would have been, I give you an abundance, we get 10% of it. Amen. That's Jesus's, that's Jesus' stewardship sermon. Well, actually, Jesus' stewardship, well, well, Jesus's stewardship sermon was give it all. I was going to say, to that, to that guy, <laughs> his said, was... forget, forget yeah. the 10%. Yeah, it to was that, you're give right. it all. You're right. To that guy, it was all. But it's very funny with the things we like to take seriously or literally and the things we don't. And, and that's one we really don't like to take literally. No. That, that's when we go, well, you know, Jesus was, was being hyperbolic. Yeah. Um, he, so, he didn't really mean it. So I want to issue in my, in my perhaps final statement of this podcast a formal <laughs> apology for um, straying away from Scripture and... Not setting not, the hook. And not preaching Jesus by not advocating they give everything. 
I only asked for 10% because that's what the Old Testament said. I did not Well, that'll Jesus. throw us into next week's text. So anyway. I apologize. That, that's okay. It throws us into next week's text, which is the widow giving everything. So there Perfect we go. Segue. There we go. So we will talk to you next week. Have Bye, a great everybody. one. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.